We've got a few more weeks. We've been talking about spiritual fullness, and we've got a few more weeks in this, uh, this part. The next, I believe it's in May, that we're going to be talking about this through May 12th. And I hope you, you're grabbing hold of this because I've, seen, I've been seeing lives change in this year, and uh, people are, are really getting hold of, of God, getting hold of the Word. And uh, there are uh, many people that have been uh, just delivered from bondages, and, and uh, live, lives are being changed. And that's what we want to see. We want to see people's lives being changed. Praise God. Let's read our, our uh, verse that we're establishing this on Ephesians 3:19. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Declare this with me. I have been redeemed to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that the fullness of God may dwell in me. We have an amazing promise today of the fullness of God. I hope this is starting to sink in to really what, what this means. And uh, the, we, we begin to investigate, amen, go on mining expeditions and investigate the Word of God because you'll only grow in the power of the Holy Spirit to the amount of knowledge that you apply yourself to from the Word of God. Matter of fact, Holy Spirit brings revelation through the Word, and that brings fullness, that brings growth, and uh, His presence dwells in us stronger when we have foundational truth in our life. If you don't have foundational truth in your life, you can, you can, you can be deceived by, by uh, you know, things that it could be superstition. I... I I see so much superstition in people, especially in the church. I mean, we, we grab hold of things that, um, you know, we, we come up, with, we conjure up stuff that, that doesn't have anything to do with foundational truth. And when we do that, we get ourselves in trouble because then we, we begin to place our faith and our, and, and our, our uh, lives on something that can't hold us up. And we don't want that. We want to be held with the strong arm of God's power. Amen. We want to, we want to know that the power of God is, is at work in us. I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to be talking today about the knowledge of God, to be filled with the knowledge. How many, how many feel like you could use some more knowledge? Amen. People, you know, one of the customary greetings in this area, for whatever reason, I've I, I get greeted by this a lot. People say, hey, what do you know? Yeah, I don't know why we say that. But, but I, people are asking me that all the time. And uh, lately, my statement is not as much as I thought I did. Yeah, not as much as I thought I did. When I was in my 20s, I had it all figured out. And, but the older I get... Uh, the more I wish that I had applied myself more in my 20s. <laughs> I wish I'd have absorbed a little more information and tried to, tried to give less information and absorb a little more information. Yeah, praise God. When, when, I, when I run, run into young people that, that you know, have that attitude that you can't tell me anything, old man, I just grin because I think, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> I remember those days. But I want to tell you something. I serve a know-it-all. 
He is amazing. Read with me in uh, the first chapter of Ephesians, and uh, starting with uh, verse 13. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Praise God. Two things that, that we, I want us to grab hold of here is we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. We've got somebody that is backing us up in receiving our inheritance. He is like, he is like the attorney that is making sure we get everything that God wanted us to get. Praise God. That's helping us understand. He is, he is uh, opening up the, the guarantee. He is, uh, he is opening up the inheritance for us so that we can understand what it is that God has given us and, and to understand it more, to have greater knowledge and wisdom in the things that God has given us. We, we operate on such a small level of understanding that, that when, when you don't understand something, then you can't make it work. Amen. One of the things that I really dislike about technology is the learning curve. I like to take some and just apply it. I, I like to be able to just do it. How many's with me on that? I've always, I've always worked with my hands. And, and if I, if I want to know how something works, I normally don't read about it. I usually just start taking it apart. And when I take it apart, I have no choice but to put it back together. So I become very educated in how the thing works because I have to figure out how to put it back together. And so, you know, that, that's not a real good way because sometimes you break things and tear things up that you shouldn't. And so, you know, in, in my later years here, or I should say middle age, I'm not later years, middle age years. Right. I'm, I'm not 60 yet. So in my, my middle age years... Sister Betty loves it when I say that. Yeah. <laughs> She's got a whole year of that ahead of her. It happened in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. But when, when we understand, you know, knowledge, I found out. Now, you know, I'm not, I'm not a techie. A lot, a lot of you guys are. And, you know, the, your, your first thought is technology. Mine is not. Okay. Leslie, or whoever her name is, does not live in my house. Alexa. <laughs> Alexa. Why did I, I call her Leslie? I... <laughs> Alexa does not live in my house. I do not carry on conversations with, with a, a, a item sitting on a shelf. And, and I, I, I was up at Doug's house. Doug is a techie. I was up at his house the other day, and I was walking through a room, and this thing started following me. As I walked through the room, it was keeping an eye on me. And as I just walked back and forth, and this, this thing, it, it was a camera, and it just it watched me as I walked. 
I thought, good night. People used to say, be careful what you say on the, on the telephone. It might be wiretapped. In our day, we just move wiretap right into the house and say, tap us. Here we are. But Le- Alexa, it's hard to call her Leslie again. Alexa, you know, doesn't, doesn't live in my house. But I, I, I have come to the place where I found out there is this treasure trove of knowledge that when I'm working on something, I can Google it. Why they named it Google, I don't know. That just irritates me just to, you know, have to go to Google. Anyway, I can go to Google, and I can pull up videos. You know, I, I was trying to figure out what was wrong with my diesel pickup the other day. I don't have an, I don't have an a, a education in diesel technology, but I was trying to fix it, you know, because I didn't want to take it and have somebody else fix it. I didn't want to pay them. And so... I was trying to fix it myself. I didn't know what was wrong with it. And so I finally pulled it up, and I, I went and, and got a, found a video that, you know, began to tell me how to fix stuff. And, and I, I found out the IPR wasn't talking to the APR, and the, and the PMS wasn't talking to the IRS. And the, you know, oh, no, that's men and women. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's PMS and IMS. I, I got that mixed up with, with my truck. Although it's the same thing because I, when, the, when, when, the, when the IPR and the, and the, uh, the pressure, pressure anyway, when they, when they refused to talk, when the IPR quit communicating with, with, the, uh, with the power module and all that kind of stuff, the power module got insulted and quit talking and just shut down. Just shut down. And I would have to give it time to cool down before I could get it to talk again. <laughs> These things are made by man. And they built into these things the conduct of humanity. <laughs> and it got to the point that it even, it, it, it got so pressured up, it blew a hose and all kinds of stuff, high pressure hose and stuff. And, you know, things, kind of like a catastrophic meltdown. And, and my, the engine in my, in my truck went to court and dissolved their relationship on irreconcilable differences. <laughs> and I had, to, I had to do marriage counseling and get them to talking again, put some parts in there, you know, and get, get everything talking again, and now it runs. But it's because I found knowledge that I didn't have, and now everything works great. One of the problems we have in Christianity today is we have massive amounts of knowledge out there, but we're really not learning. Because to learn means you have to repetitively apply something over and over and over until you possess it. We don't like that. We like to be inspired. Inspiration. Just inspire me, preacher, and I'll go out of here saying, Woo, that was a good message today. What did he preach on? Uh, The pulpit? See, we 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 don't grab hold of something and work at it until we own it. We are some of the, Christianity is some of the, only groups of people that have 
the greatest treasure trove of knowledge, wisdom, and power that has ever been, but we don't pursue it and possess it. Why don't we? Because God's supposed to do everything for us. I'm supposed to be able to pray, and God does it. I found out in my life that there are things that you pray about, then there are things that you speak, and then there are things you just do. Amen. Amen. And he will go with you. <laughs> Amen. He'll jump right in there and, and go with you. So knowledge, he is the guarantee of our inheritance. I want you to turn with me to uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I want to read that again. For this reason we, did, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled. Everybody say Filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all pa patience and long-suffering, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of inheritance of the saints in light. You just had to go ahead and read the rest of that because it's all really good. But the knowledge, to be filled with the knowledge of his will. As I was studying about this and, and preparing it, I began to think what, what it would be like. There are, there are people that I've known in my life that, that had such vast amount of knowledge that it was just, it was, it was hard to understand how anybody could carry that much knowledge. I had a, a pastor friend, he pastored here for three years and, and was one of the most knowledgeable and wise men that I've ever worked with. And... Uh, uh, later in his life, uh, he began to, to develop Alzheimer's. And I went to him one day, and I said, I said uh, his name is Daryl Friend. I went to him, I said, Brother Daryl, they have these things now called thumb drives. He goes, really? I said, yeah. And I said, you put it in a computer, and it's a little tiny thing like this, and you can download thousands and thousands and thousands of pages, sometimes just books and books and books. You can download so much on that little tiny thumb drive. He said, that is amazing, really. I said, yeah, I wish you had a port in your head so I could plug a thumb drive in and download all the stuff you've got. I mean, the knowledge and the wisdom that you have is unreal. Down at, at uh, uh, a company down uh, south of here, electrical company, Lloyd's Electric, that we do a lot of business with. There was a guy in there that had worked there all of his life, and you could go in there and ask him a question, and he knew exactly what you was talking about. He knew exactly where it was at. He, he knew, you know, no matter what you threw at him, it was always fun because I'd go in there and try to explain to him what I, what I wanted, and he would always get this little smirk on his face. He loved listening to people try to explain the stuff that he knew about. 
And, and he wouldn't interrupt you and say, this is, this is what you're looking for. He would let you stand there and stumble around for a while. And then finally, he would say, oh, you know, spit the number out. And, and he knew in that huge warehouse, he knew exactly where that was. And I told him the same thing. I said, we need to download you before you leave. He was retiring. And I said, we need to download you so that we can have that knowledge, you know, and uh, be able to find this stuff. And I was challenging some young guys in there the other day. I said, look, I, I was giving them one of my, one of my teachings on, on neuroscience and, and how you develop, um, you know, uh, trees and stuff in your brain, little, little uh, nerve endings that grow into trees, and, and it's where truth and a knowledge lives in your brain and how long it takes to do that. And, and I told them about Ron, and I said, I said, you know, if you would apply yourself, you could do that. You could do that. You could be that guy. You just got to apply yourself, you know? And so when we think about that, when we think about all the knowledge, the vast knowledge, that this, what, if, what if you could download the Library of Congress into your head? You would have all of human knowledge, wouldn't you? That would be amazing, and it would also tend to insanity. Because, because you would have so many differing battles going on in your head from all of man's thinking. But if you could download the Library of Congress into your head, you would have access, you would be filled with the knowledge of humanity. And so you would know everything there is to know about history, about how things work, about people. You would have all the teachings and the wisdom of humanity. And that would be amazing to be able to, to have that much knowledge and to be able to function in that. And yet, let's go a step further because the Bible's saying that, that we could be filled with the knowledge of his will in all insight and spiritual understanding, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. To be filled. What's that mean? That means that you have access to not only the the volumes in the Library of Congress, you have access to the volumes of wisdom and knowledge of Heaven's Library. All the knowledge of God is accessible to us. Adam and Eve had it before the fall. We got, we got gypped because we went from 100% capacity of our brains down to 10% capacity, and that's all we use is about 10% of our brain. If somebody gets up to 13% usage of the, of the actual capacity of having a brain, we call them geniuses. Just 13%. Isn't that amazing? Just think about how much empty space you got up there. <laughs> you got all that gray matter and all those nerve endings and everything. You have all that possibility in your mind and yet only 10%, if we're doing good, only 10% is being used. What is happening to the other 90%? It's just empty space. It's not doing anything. It's not accomplishing anything. Matter of fact, that other 90% is where the stuff lives that keeps you awake at night. 
because it can't do anything but just get up in there and just bang around in all the empty space. It just It's like a pinball machine. You got, got all these questions and all this imagination and all and, and stuff. But yet when facts fill your mind, you stop having problems with uncertainty in your life because you start establishing your thinking on factuality instead of instead of this imagination if we just give God our imagination and say God use my imagination for your glory just think of the insight that we could get I mean you got a lot of room for imagination matter of fact he he know he gives us dreams and visions and think of the knowledge Holy Spirit in you has all knowledge and wisdom of God. Look at somebody and say, you're really smart. <laughs> now look at him and say, why don't, why don't you use it? <laughs> why aren't we using it? See, we could have, have more than what we are allowing, but we've got to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. We've got, we got to let him become our teacher, our tutor, to where we can look at the Word of God and, and see more than just words on a page and go deeper than surface and actually begin to hear the fullness of God and be downloaded with the fullness of God. A lot of us don't want to learn anything new. Matter of fact, I read something the other day, and it makes absolute sense. People search for a church that reinforces what they already believe. I'm going to say that again. People today search for churches that reinforce what they already believe. They do not want to go to a church that is challenging to them and stretches them. Why? Because we become insecure. And we feel inferior. We don't like to feel inferior. We like to be left alone with our structure and our box. I have arranged in my box how I want it arranged, and I don't want anybody messing up my box. And then somebody comes along and says something that messes up your box. We live, in a, we live around people that love to mess up our boxes. And they're always coming up with these questions and these ideas, and they're always stretching us. And, you know, I, in my 20s, I thought I had a pretty good understanding of the Word of God. And, and one day I was, I was getting ready to preach, and I had my message all lined out. I was preaching in a revival. Back, I was an evangelist, and I preached just about every night, and I had this all lined out, and I was praying before the service, and Holy Spirit spoke real directly to me, and he said, don't you preach that. I mean, just forcefully. And it's like, uh, couldn't you have talked to me a little bit ago? <laughs> we, service is just, you know, and he said, don't preach anything that you don't absolutely know is true and i realized what i'd prepared was what i had heard and had been taught to me but i didn't own it you understand what i'm talking about i didn't have possession of it and i i what i didn't know that it was actually and i got i started studying out what i was preaching and i began to realize that 
what I was getting ready to preach wasn't actually biblically sound because when I started digging into the Word of God, I began to realize that, that the thing I was about to preach on came from a conglomerate of, of several things being put together that wasn't act didn't actually belong together and come up with a belief. And I was in trouble because now I couldn't preach that. I couldn't preach. I didn't have a message for that night. And I began to pray. And I mean, I got serious before God. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to just open understanding to me. And I began to realize and see. And, and I was able to preach that night with a fresh uh, fervor and passion because I had received something fresh from the knowledge and wisdom of God. And it burns in you. When you get this knowledge and wisdom, when it downloads, it burns inside of you. And it's Holy Spirit. Actually, the reason it burns inside of you is because it's what we were created from. And when all of a sudden the Holy Spirit speaks something to us that connects with our origin, it causes us to feel alive. When we go back to that place, when we get just a little taste of that place where we walked with God, where Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the garden and talked with God and shared the wisdom and understanding of God, we, we be, he, if we could just understand that and to be able to hear and let him teach us the sound wisdom of heaven, then we would be able to see through the, sh the shallow surface things of life and we'd be able to see the depth of life and it would have so much more meaning to us you know people's always as a matter of fact you, you look at facebook and and they've got all these these app things now where you, you play these games and it, and it tells you what you are surely none of you believe that stuff Betty showed me one the other day, and it's what 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 are you look what are you going to look like at seventy? <laughs> the only time I came close to believing one of those apps because I look good at seventy. <laughs> I had abs. I mean, I look good. The only time I came close to saying, you know, that's true. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> Some of you ladies, it wasn't real flattering for you. I don't know what went wrong. I don't know what happened there. I mean, whoo. I looked at some of that and I said, Jesus, help us. Deliver us. When we when we are searching for knowledge, one of the reasons those things are so important is because we really are hungry to know who we are and our origin. You know, one of the things about American is we don't have a depth of, of, of genealogy. That's why the, you know, people go on searches for our genealogy. We are, we are a Heinz 57 mixed up bunch of people that come from all types of places and stuff. You go over to Europe and there are families that are still living in the house that their family has owned for 1,400 years. They have a depth of, of uh, connection. 
but we don't have a real depth of connection. A lot of people don't even know who their grandparents are and don't know what they did. And one of the reasons is because we don't, we don't gather with family anymore and, and sit outside on the porch or around a campfire or something and listen to our elders talk. We don't want to hear what they got to say. We think they're foolish because we're so advanced. If we could just take time to stop and listen to somebody, all of a sudden we'd start having more of a connection. We would, we would know. So I, some of my favorite memories when I was younger is, is, is being around family and listen to my, my Grandpa Snyder tell stories. Now, they were embellished. Greatly embellished. He would tell some of the wildest stories, and he would get this, he would get a story going, and he would go get so tickled at what he was saying that he would stop and just cackle. He would just laugh because he would get tickled even at himself what he was saying. But he would tell these stories. But in those stories, there was elements of, of fact that he would share about his life, about where he come from. I love to listen to my dad talk about, about his history with his mom and dad and, and, and my mom talk about the history. With, I love to hear those stories. When I was a little kid, uh, my, my great-great-grandpa was still alive. He lived to be 90-some years old. And he couldn't, when I was a kid, he couldn't see. He was pretty much blind, had cataracts real bad. He was pretty much blind, and he was just a little old guy. And, and I had a motorcycle. Dad, my dad had uh, worked out a deal, some job. He traded for a motorcycle. And I took possession of that motorcycle. The other kids had to just, you know, they, they never got to ride it because it was always gone. I just took possession of that thing, and I, I wore that, that motorcycle out. But he lived in this little trailer house close to us, and he walked with these broomsticks, these broom handles. That's how he walked and supported himself. And he, he liked to sit outside in the yard. He couldn't really see much of anything, but he liked to sit out there. And, and a lot of people thought he was really a mean old guy, and, and, and he kind of was, but, but you know, he, he just, I, I loved him. I mean, I got along with him really great. Some reason I've always been able to get along with people like that. You know, if if they talk gruff to me, I talk gruff right back to them. You know, just and and we understand each other. It's all the language you need to know. Some of you women get confused. Us men don't have to talk. We just you know we just if I walk by and just slap some guy on the shoulder, I just had a conversation with him, and he knows exactly what I said. You know, it's it's easy. But I'd get, I'd get on my motorcycle, and I'd ride up this dirt road, this back, back road that come up around close to where his trailer house, little trailer house, just a little camper is what it was, and I'd ride up around where he is at, and he'd be sitting out there, and I'd, I'd rev that motorcycle up. And when I'd rev that motorcycle up, he would, he would sit up in his chair, and he'd grab, those, he'd grab those broom handles and get them up like this. This is something we did all the time. And when he got those broom handles ready, and he would get one of them up like a spear. And I'd take off tearing down through there, and I'd run right in front of his house and, and going by, and he would throw that broom handle like that, and then he would grab the other one and throw that broom handle. I'd, I'd run back by real fast, and I'd go park my motorcycle in the woods. And I'd come walking back up there, and I'd say, what are you doing, Grandpa? And he always said the same thing. He'd say, I don't know what that is but I'm going to get it one of these days. 
and I'd go get his broom handles, bring them back to him, and, and, and we'd sit there and talk. After we had our little, our, our little spar, you know, we would, I would sit down there, just a kid, and I would sit there and talk to him for a long time, and he would just talk about stuff. He would talk about his life. He would talk about just different stuff. We would just have conversations. And a lot of us don't have connections. We don't spend time finding out our connections because sometimes we don't want to know what our connections are. Sometimes they're not very good. But you need to know those things. You know why? Because you need to know what you come from. You need to know what you need to look out for. You need to know yourself and what to guard and what to come to God for. Amen. Praise God. Sometimes when I'm counseling the people, Holy Spirit will give me knowledge and insight into how many generations this thing goes back and how's, how it's affected several generations. And I can, just, I can just name off the generations, what's happened to those generations because Holy Spirit knows exactly what's going on. And a lot of times we don't realize that this is not something that we did ourselves. It's something we inherited. But the knowledge and wisdom of God can help us stand up and stop it in our generation. This is it. It's going to stop now. And we turn it over to God, and we let God change us, and then we change the generations that go forth from us. Amen. When, when we understand the connection that we have with God, if we can develop that relationship where we can have conversations in the Word of God and we, can, and we can digest the Word and the Holy Spirit can tutor us and talk to us and help us to understand and stretch our understanding. Don't just read the things you're comfortable with. Ask God to help you understand the Word. Amen. Ask Him to give you a revelation because we have access to the library of heaven. And he knows everything. Amen. He knows everything. He can teach you about your job if you'll listen to him. You think, oh, Holy Spirit wouldn't know about my job. He created us. He was there in the creation. He's, been, he's watched humanity. Just because we got computers doesn't mean that we're any more advanced than the people that, that, that lived 5,000 years ago. We're still the same. We still have the same needs. We, have still, we still have the same capabilities. We, there are, you know, people are people. And so when we understand that connection and we're able to say, God, fill me with all the knowledge of your will. You know, you look in different places in the Word of God and, and it, it has blessings, but then, it's, then it says according to the knowledge of Jesus Christ or knowledge of God so you can't have that blessing without the knowledge and if we if we're not willing to let God teach us how are we going to get the blessing how are we going to walk in that blessing if we're not willing to be taught amen sometimes we, we're not willing to listen you know sometimes people ask me and say how how, how, did, how, how did you and your church, you know, how do you build ministries overseas like you do and stuff? And I'll start trying to explain to them what God has shown me and how, how we do this and, 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 and stuff. And I see their eyes gloss over. They quit listening because it doesn't fit human understanding. And they can't, can't grab it. 
I've had a lot of pastors talk to me about it, and, I, and I'll, I'll start trying to explain it to them. They're done listening to me because it doesn't fit the traditional means of, of function. And yet sometimes we need to take our traditional means of function and bring them to God and say, God, why do I do this, and, and is there a better way? Amen. And I believe there is. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many want to grow in the, in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? That is, that is where it's at, growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You, can be, you can be filled with the Spirit. I, I have witnessed people that have been gloriously filled, I mean empowered by the Holy Spirit, but did not pursue discipleship, did not pursue training, did not pursue the Word of God, and they make shipwreck and their life is destroyed. I call, it, I call it being like a little kid with a big gun. If you don't grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, it'll destroy your life because your human side will always try to take possession and will always try to manipulate it. The best we can do, we will always have a certain amount of self-centeredness that we have to battle every one of us there's not a person that doesn't every one of us have to have we have to battle that certain part of self-centeredness amen there's a there's a there's a narcissism today that is just running rampant running rampant narcissistic and it's hard to get past that it's hard to get somebody just that's bound by that to just open up and listen and learn. And, and then you have manipulative narcissists. And they're the people that are not just narcissistic. In other words, they're not just consumed with themselves. Narcissism came from a, a, it's a, years ago, a guy that, I forget what his name was. It, had, it sounded something like narcissist. I can't, I can't pronounce it right now. But he would actually back before they had mirrors, he would go down and look at himself in the, in the water. And he thought he was so good looking. He just admired himself every day. And that's where it come from. Narcissism. Somebody that, that is so proud and so that they can't be wrong. Everybody else is less than them. And everything has to be centered around them. And then you have manipulative narcissists who who try to manipulate everybody in their, in their surroundings toward them, to where they get something from them. They, they use and manipulate, and, and they can never, ever say they're wrong. And they always want to make it your fault. No matter what happens, it's your fault. If you try to correct them, they try to turn it around where it's your, that, that you've done them wrong because you tried to correct them trying to give them understanding and then you have toxic manipulative narcissists and that's where it gets really bad toxic manipulative narcissism is people that want to take control of your life they want to dominate your life they want to suck the life out of you as their servant and it's always everything's your fault and then they torment you by trying to get you to understand that you're less than them, that you're always wrong, that you're always, you're, it's always your fault. 
that you have to take responsibility for their actions. And if you stand up to them, they will immediately attack and try to tear you down mentally. And if that doesn't work, then they go into your surroundings. And they start trying to manipulate the view of your friends and other people about you. We're living in that day, especially with the, with the age of, of technology. They can control and destroy so much faster now than they used to. So in an age of narcissism, in an age of manipulation, in an age of toxic manipulative narcissists, our only defense is to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Because when you're filled with the knowledge of his will, you can't be manipulated. And no matter how much they try, they can't tear you down because you have access to something greater than they are. Stand with me if you would. I went into that description there at the end for somebody in this house. Because you needed to hear that. The only way to deal with, with situations like that is to simply resist their manipulation, manipulative tactics. Their toxic manipulative tactics. You just simply have to refuse to be over, be abused by them. And when they try to affect your surroundings and the people around you and try to affect them, you have to just simply stand up. You can't defend yourself, but people watch and they see what's going on. I've, I've said over the years that a good character will outlast any rumor. You just got to stay focused on who you are. But when you have access to all the knowledge of God, when you have access to the power of the Holy Spirit, you can rise above this stuff, overcome it, and push through. And you can be connected like you never thought you could. Praise God. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. God, for what you've done. And Lord, we've, we've come to this time, Lord God, and at the end of the service, we kind of we took a, a, a left turn, Lord God. And I believe it's because either somebody in this congregation or somebody watching by uh, Facebook Live needed to hear that and needs to know that they can be free from that, that they can stand up. They don't have to be the prisoner of somebody's toxic behavior. And Father, I just pray right now for the breaking of that. I pray, God, for knowledge and wisdom and understanding to fill them, Lord, so that, so that they're able to break free from this and not be affected by the abusive, abusive manipulation. Lord, I thank you. You're talking to somebody right now, God. This is, a, this is not just a, a waste of time, Father God. This is not just talk. Lord, right now, you're talking, you're, you're giving power and understanding. Lord, you're opening the word, you're opening understanding and revelation to the people's hearts, Lord God, where they, can, where they can break free and, Lord, come into your presence, Father God. You are not toxic, you're not manipulative, and you're not narcissistic. Lord, everything you do is about us. You're the greatest giver there ever was.
And Father, help us to understand how much of a giver you actually are. God, you are a giver. And Father, I give you praise for that. Lord, I just pray for revelation knowledge to come into our hearts today in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for revelation knowledge and understanding. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Repeat this prayer with me if you can. If you can come in agreement, repeat this with me. Father God, I open my heart and mind to the counsel of Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Increase my understanding. Increase my knowledge. Deliver me from ignorance. Deliver me from darkness. And deliver me from toxic manipulation. I break agreement with it. I come out of it. And I connect to the giver. Almighty God, the greatest giver that's ever been. I open my heart to you. Download yourself into me. Your understanding and wisdom. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for that. God, I give you praise and thank you for it. You're amazing. Father, you're amazing. God, help us, help us to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to grow in insight and understanding. God, I pray for this congregation, Lord God, that they will be able to see below the surface, beyond the curtain, the veil of the shallow things of this world, and be able to see the depth that you have. And Lord, we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.